So before we get started, this episode will touch on topics such as pregnancy loss, abortion and grief. So I want to issue a trigger warning and if that doesn't sound like something you should be listening to at the moment, this might be an episode to tap out of, but we will also be including some resources in the show notes. Welcome to Try Babies, the podcast where we're not afraid to be seen trying and crying. You're joined by Sunroom co-founders Michelle Battersby, that's me, and Lucy Mort. That's me. We help build the world's largest dating apps, Bumble and Hinge. Now we're in the thick of building our own tech company and we're bringing you along for the wild ride. Each week you'll hear from us as we fill you in on the good, the bad and the ugly when it comes to business, career, relationships and everything in between. We'll tackle burning audience questions and be joined by inspiring creators, female business leaders and the people who have motivated and energised us along the way. These won't be your typical shiny business stories. We want to showcase the experiences that go unsaid and definitely chat about the moments that don't make it onto Instagram. Prepare to hear about the lows, the failures, the doubt and the downright nightmare days. Navigating life through your 20s and 30s can be hard, which is why we're so passionate about creating a space for you to come to on the days you need to feel seen, inspired, educated, supported, and sometimes shocked into action. This is honestly the podcast we both needed throughout our journeys. Welcome back to Try Babies. I am without my usual co-host today. I'm in Australia, so slightly different setting, but I have brought a lovely replacement, a fill-in, but you're so much more than that. I'm the understudy. Yeah, the prodigy. (laughs) Successor. Let's hope. (laughs) Georgia, welcome to Try Babies, Georgia. She is a new employee at Sunroom and has actually been completely the person to get Try Babies off the ground. So I'm glad you get to join me on this app. Thanks for having me. It's interesting being on this side of the camera instead of producing it. But I think, yeah, what we're going to talk about today is really important. And thanks for having me be a part of it. Of course. So this episode is relating to me being pregnant. I announced this week that I'm pregnant. It was amazing to get it out in the open. And I announced via a post, basically an essay I had written to myself back at the start of this journey when I was grappling with it, I suppose. I was trying to come to terms with how I felt, what my previously held beliefs had been, and I shared people have been saying it's vulnerable. (laughs) So, Do you think uh, it was for you? I don't know if I would describe it as being vulnerable. I was just really honest about my journey and I things I'd done and why I'd done them in the past and I felt I think what makes it vulnerable is it was potentially brave to share I can't understand why people would think it's brave because I did to and fro about if I should actually post this or not and I wanted to be really considerate and I didn't want to offend anyone but because it had been something that was occupying my mind for such a long period of time I thought surely other people are feeling the same so I may as well get this out there so that's why I ultimately chose to do it. And I'm sure we'll get into today all the reasons why you were hesitant to share at at times. Yeah so I think I'll just start by reading it because for anyone who hasn't seen it it sets the context for this whole conversation and will give you an insight into my story, I suppose. So here it is. Trigger warning. So I'm pregnant. I've felt nothing but anxiety for the past few years when it comes to my fertility. Each baby announcement reminded me I'm consciously delaying my own. Each IVF update reinforced that my delays could lead to hardship Each egg freezing journey emphasised people younger than me are taking steps to secure their fertility when I hadn't. Before I get into the how and why I began writing my story, I want to acknowledge that there's also a side to all of this I don't know, loss. For those of you who've experienced it, I'm so sorry. I don't take for granted how fortunate it is to have one of these moments. My heart is with you. I also want to acknowledge women who choose not to have children. I see you. No matter your path, the expectations placed on women when it comes to the topic of motherhood adds immense pressure to this time in a woman's life. 
I know some of you look to me for career inspo, which is why I feel the need to share my own struggles as candidly. My career is what has dictated this decision for many years. I understand how incredibly hard it can be to think about when you might have time to start a family. I understand how painful it is when you know you want to have children, but you're worried your career will be jeopardised. When I found out I was pregnant, I found myself looking for women I could relate to who were guns blazing in their careers so I could reassure myself that you can do both, and there are many. But this is my experience. For the past five years, I've made a conscious decision to delay having children, something I understand many other women are doing too. I've fallen pregnant twice and had two abortions, both with my current partner, Bill. I had those for my career. At the time, I believed having a child would hold back or sabotage everything I had worked for at a pivotal point in my growth. I wasn't ready and I don't regret those decisions. I was young and had time up my sleeve. I didn't have to challenge or interrogate my long-standing beliefs around balancing a career and a baby, so I didn't. When I had my second abortion, age 28, I made a decision to get my eggs counted every year moving forward. Knowing that I'd made those choices for my career and knowing that I wanted to be a mother one day made me want to ensure my future delays were always educated. I would strongly recommend this for any woman looking for peace of mind. And I'm happy to talk more about these options both in Australia and in the US if other women are interested. As you may know, egg quality is not guaranteed, but you can monitor where you're at and take appropriate action. Things started to change when I turned 32. The idea of the biological clock began to dawn down on me and caused a wrestle to occur in my mind. Career or baby, career or baby, career or baby. All of a sudden, my egg counting sessions weren't reassuring me anymore. Delaying was causing me anxiety, and all I could think about was when I would be able to fit this into my life. Up until the moment I found out I was pregnant yet again, I had accepted that those two things simply could not coexist for me. Because this pregnancy was somewhat of a surprise, I hated that in the moment I found out all of my conditioning, societal pressures and the restrictions I'd placed on myself for the past five years dominated my emotional response. I felt so guilty and so selfish to allow myself to have this baby, to allow myself to have something alongside of my career. My mind went to, will investors no longer invest because I'm pregnant? Will I look like I don't care about my company? Will I let my team down? Will my company fail if my output changes? What if an investor is choosing between my company and a male-founded company? Will they give money to the pregnant woman? Some people assumed I would have an abortion when I told them. I began to feel scared to tell people and I'm scared of sharing this because I think women are doubted by a lot of people when it comes to managing both of these things at the same time. We have got to change that. I've since done a lot of work to try to understand where these thoughts stemmed from and I've had the realisation that I felt like I had to suffer for my career to be worthy. I think that was my way to fit the founder mould, especially in tech, an industry overwhelmingly run by men. I felt like I needed to make big sacrifices like this to be taken seriously. It had to be a choice. It had to be mutually exclusive. We've made huge advancements in what women can do in their careers, but I'm not sure attitudes around balancing a family and a career have really caught up. We talk a lot about the right time, but I'm not sure that that really exists. Imagine knowing this is something you desperately want, but you feel like you simply cannot because your career, your company and your industry won't allow it. This is still the reality for many women. Others won't even allow themselves to truly admit how badly they want it and instead bury their heads in the sand as I was when I had my abortions because it's all too much. So all of this is to say I'm a tech founder with a venture-backed company and I'm pregnant. I know I'm in a privileged position. It's my company so I can make the rules. I also have an incredible support system, none of which I take for granted. But despite this, I've still found myself trying to convince myself I can do this. I'm doing it right now while I write. In reality, it's been proven time and time again that it's all possible. I'm not saying women can have it all or that the way the system is set up doesn't serve to make matters a million times harder in this regard, but I've realised sacrificing happiness to try to keep the scales balanced isn't the answer either. I have no idea what I'm in for and I know this will be hard, but shout out to all the mums I've spoken to so far who've reassured me that this can be done. The just you waits can wait outside. And shout out to my own mum who very wisely reminded me, pregnancy isn't an illness, Michelle. Women give birth in fields and work that same afternoon, which is the energy I'll be channeling safely, of course. 
Moving forward, I'm going to make it a personal mission to encourage more babies in boardrooms, nursing mums in meetings, more parents' rooms and gracious in office buildings, more babies on Zooms, and more support initiatives for parents in a corporate environment. It is the content I found myself longing for in this first trimester, and it's out there. <laughs> I feel so strange doing a shout out to Bill on this. He deserves it. Give him one. And, and to my partner, Bill. The support you've given me over the past few months goes beyond what I could have imagined. From cooking my two-minute noodles and potato gems to taking Leia on all the walks and taking up Pilates with me. I'm excited to bring someone as kind and caring as you into the world and to raise a child who knows I don't have to sacrifice every single thing in order to succeed. Ooh, that was long. I'm out of breath. Well, I actually out of breath. <laughs> Christ. Writing that helped me come to terms with this. But there were some other realisations that I also had whilst I was working through all of that. Like at the end of the day, if my company can't survive because I'm pregnant, it was never that strong in the first place. If an investor is shitty with me and doubts my commitment, they shouldn't have been associated with a women-built, moderated, focused company. The values clearly are not aligned. We're not on the same page. And I think one of the other big realisations was it was so cruel to myself to be thinking that I couldn't just figure this out. Like I dive headfirst and take risks in every single other area of my life. Like I always choose. I kind of challenge the status quo always. Mm -hmm. And so I don't know, well, I do know and we'll get to it, why I just didn't think I could do, do it in this area of my life. And I do think the reason for that is it's more systemic and it's more driven by society than I don't, I don't fear starting a business and failing in front of people. I think I fear being doubted, like... Mm or having my commitment questioned, or my priorities questioned. And it was like years of seeing that happen to other women that made me think it could also happen to me. Plus, I hope you're happy for me to share this, but we just recently did like the anti-networking events and we all shared a secure insecurity or a fear. And yours was that? People expect me to be better than I actually am. And perhaps this situation feeds into that. It's like, is this going to prove that you're not as good as everyone thinks you are in business and in life? And is it going to challenge what you're capable of? Mm. I imagine that's also part of it. Yeah. And because my whole self-worth and identity is tied to my professional career. Mm. When did that start? <laughs> <laughs> Have you always been like that? My self-worth has always been tied to excelling at something and achieving something. Yeah. It became heavily tied to my career when, do you know what? I actually think it even started when I was in banking because I thought it seemed so elite and mm. grand and great to be able to get an internship at a bank and to work in an investment bank. Plus you're around really powerful, successful men. Like you, yeah. you've said to me that you had to be really courageous and assertive and kind of put on this facade that maybe that's not how you were feeling, but you had to do it to succeed in that environment. Mm. My career started to change heavily. And like for people who, anyone who's listening that doesn't know it, just a brief background, I got an internship at an investment bank, worked in investment banking as an HR generalist for about four years. And then I had this insane opportunity come my way to launch Bumble into the Australian market. And I became the face of this brand, essentially. I didn't know that's what I would become at the point. At the time I took the role, I never would have taken it <laughs> had I known that. But my identity got tied so heavily to this job and to being this career person. And I was definitely playing a bit of a role. It became like a mask because I felt so out of my depth. But I also think the Bumble era was really in a time where like the pendulum was swinging really hard into this girl boss mm. generation that I know we're kind of revolting against these days. But it was in that era where it was 
the power suit and we're we're taking back our power, the gender dynamics are shifting. And I think I was ironically going into a bit more of a masculine energy to pull that off. And it's only now, you know, a few years later where I think I've been able to find more of myself whilst also being proud of my career and feeling like I'm still achieving. Mm -hmm. But I want to read out, uh, again, as I was writing, like penning this essay to myself, having these realisations that helped me realise it's not my fault (laughs) or my baby-to-be's fault if my greatest fears come to fruition, Mm -hmm. you know, like if the worst thing that can happen, if my greatest fear is Sunroom's growth declines and we don't make it as a business, I know it's not because I had a baby. I'm glad you feel like that now. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But I want to read out what I had heard throughout my career that had led me to have all of these fears and I didn't realise that I had been internalising this for so long. I think so many women will relate to hearing this as well without realising that's what they've been internalising throughout their lives. Yes. I didn't until you actually asked, you actually asked me to think about it and it was a really, really good prompt. Okay, so I've got up the list here. Number one. When I entered the workforce at 21 and I heard, we lose most of the women before they hit vice president as they go off and have children. Number two, at 23, I heard, women should take maternity leave sooner because they become too emotional in the lead up to giving birth. Number three, when I fell pregnant for the first time at 27 and a mentor told me, I can only do this, have children and work, because I'm not the primary carer. Number four, when I founded my own company at 29 and a founder friend told me, I had to hide that I was pregnant when I was pitching to investors because I don't believe they'll choose the pregnant woman. Number five, four months ago, when I heard that a woman's C-suite promotion had been put on pause, because her pregnancy didn't align with the direction of the business. Number six, I've heard my friends say they don't feel supported by their employers when returning to work and they have to work twice as hard to prove they're still capable. Number seven, having heard from multiple people that they hid their pregnancies for as long as possible because they felt uneasy about how their employers would respond. And number eight, throughout my career, being acutely aware that only 2% of venture funding goes to women's businesses and thinking to myself, it's hard enough already, why give them a reason to doubt me based on all of the above? And I think anyone listening to this would have their own list of eight, maybe 80. Like I could probably keep going. Mm. And I don't think we realise how those little things and being exposed to those little... They're like microaggressions almost. Yeah, yeah. Towards women. Makes, it it builds up this fear response in you and this incredibly unfair feeling that if you get pregnant, it could be treated like a career-ending decision. And that's what's leading so many people to feel like it has to be one or the other. Like the big aha moment for me when I was working through everything was realising that, and this is such a fucked thing to say, but realising that not having a kid was like this badge of honour I was wearing. Like, Mm. look how much I care about my company look at how much I'm willing to sacrifice. Like, look how committed I am. I'm willing to withhold this desire of mine to prove how how serious I am. Your worth. Yeah. And that, yeah, that my career is worthy and that I'm a gun. 
But I'd be more of a gun if I could do both these things. I think so. I would be so much more of a gun. Totally. Do you feel that way now that you don't have to sacrifice and that you don't have to prove your worth, that you just are worthy? Yeah, like I've just realised like what the fuck. Mm. Like I don't think I ever could have unpacked this like this Mm -hmm. without it being thrown upon me. I don't think I would have really chosen. Oh, is that a bad thing to say? I don't know if I would have really chosen right now. Well, I think a lot of women will relate in the sense that many say they didn't think it was the right time, the perfect time. I don't think this is the perfect time. Actually, maybe it is. Maybe it is. Like maybe it is actually the most perfect time ever. I could probably think of worse times this could have happened. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I know a few. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So it's like this has kind of been thrust on top of me. I've been forced to deal with it and in unpacking all of it, I've realised I never should have been restricting myself in this way. So I think now I'm here, if I'd been able to come to this realisation all on my own, I probably would deliberately try to have a baby right now. Mm -hmm. But I never would have been able to get to this moment without it just being thrust on me. Can we give some context to this conversation? Like I would love uh, to know... Did you want to have kids growing up? Did you see yourself as a mom? Did you was that something you wanted for yourself, or this is a more recent um, sort of exploration into that? Yeah, it actually makes me feel kind of sad because it's okay. To <laughs> you cry. always make me. You always get me. It's okay to cry. Yeah, like I'm the oldest of three girls. It's okay. It's yeah. a heavy topic. Yeah. I think I've actually always been really maternal. But I think as as my career started to take off and quite ferociously to be honest, and it became my identity, I definitely transitioned into much more of a masculine energy and I I did do it as a way to protect myself as a way to be heard as a way to be taken seriously and I think I just let it overcome me and I think it changed me quite a bit I think I think as my career really became my identity I I I went through phases of behaving in a way I thought I had to behave or that was expected of me or like this is how you act if you're in a role like this because you're around men or I wasn't even I think banking definitely did it to me at first I was so scared like I was going into these rooms with men way older than me way more experienced than me different kinds of thinkers than me and I was trying to give them advice on what to do in their departments. And so I really did have to be quite tough. And I had to have immense courage in how I came across and how I delivered a message. So I think I'm very good at sounding quite sure of myself and very confident. But that might not be what's going on in the inside at all. And so I do think this wall was kind of built up around how I how I what I need to be and how I need to show up in in these roles and it just got stronger and stronger especially then with Bumble and being in more of a front-facing position and doing so much media and being on all these panels and I think I needed to seem I, I was kind of playing a role I was so out of my depth at Bumble I was performing most of the time and I was definitely supported and loved it, but I also knew exactly what I needed to say over and over and over. So I've never really been in a position where I can truly let myself come out until in the past few years. And I think with my career taking over my identity and all these things I've heard throughout my life and now being this career woman, I just had to put kids in the darkest back corner of my brain it was just not something that I allowed myself to think about and 
when all my friends would get pregnant, I knew it was something that I wanted. I, I, I have always known I wanted it, but I almost never wanted to admit that to myself in case I kept feeling this way or I kept prioritizing my career for so long that it wasn't something that could happen for me. Were you scared it would undo the hard work and the sacrifice that you had put in to get to that point? Yeah. Mm. I also think it it needs to be acknowledged. I am in a much, I, I'm in a different position now. Like this is my company and I can make the rules. But I am almost wanting to talk about this because I know what Michelle three years how Michelle three years ago was feeling like how Michelle was feeling when she got her first abortion and I think if I had been around different things or heard different things I might have chosen a different path I don't regret that at all but I think it is very very important for women to not end up feeling how I've felt for so long they need to see other people within their organizations doing these two things at the same time they need to see leaders within their business talking about these things and and bringing it up and they need to feel like it isn't something that will be treated like your promotions on pause because you're pregnant like you can't get a pay rise because you're going on that leave these are all genuine real fears and valid fears that women have can we talk about the abortions? Yeah. So you were with Bill. Yeah. So with someone that you knew you wanted to have kids with, what was the mentality at the time and how did you come to that decision? I honestly barely even thought about it because I was just like, no way. There's there's no way I can do this with my job. My career is accelerating at the moment I'm traveling so much I just thought it would be extremely detrimental to where I was at so I actually feel so bad saying this because it was barely a conversation with with Bill it was like this is going to affect me more I can't do this right now I'm gonna go and get an abortion and so I did and then I did fall pregnant again I was on the pill, by the way. My mum had me when I was on the pill. I think it just obviously doesn't really work for my family. So, (laughs) yeah. And then I got the rod after the second one because I was like, Jesus Christ, I can't go through that again. Um, But, yeah, it it was a really easy decision for me, to be honest, because my career was so in control of my decision making at that point. And I was younger. So... I didn't feel the pressures of the biological clock when I made those decisions. I had a bit more time up my sleeve and I think that is why I didn't have to dig deep with those other two pregnancies like I am having to do now with this one at 32. And I think that's why I'm wanting to share all this because I know me three years ago restricting myself, me five years ago restricting myself and if I had potentially heard this from someone I think it would have challenged me to challenge what was going on inside myself this whole process for me has been exactly that like watching you come to terms with why you believe what you believe how you wish you could have done things differently like I'm six years younger than you I think or five years younger and that is honestly how I saw my path going like no kids no relationship can't do that that'll get in the way of the career that you want and trying to grow so I think so many women who are at a different stage of their career or building a career who are younger or perhaps even the same age hearing this will be so transformative for them that like you can do it you can do both and it's not something to be so scared of yeah and I think I mean what I have said, like some people, like I've had so much support for this, which is why I'm feeling confident now to keep talking about it because so many people have hit me up saying thank you. And the messages have just been like, they really mean more to me than I could ever articulate. I think the ones for me that have been the most emotional are people saying thank you for sharing that you had an abortion for your career because I had one too. And I felt so guilty for choosing my career in that moment. And I just don't think there should be shame 
around that. Like I completely understand wholeheartedly why someone has felt like they can't do both because society has not set us up really to believe that we can. And I think what I've also realised is I've had so many women tell me how scared they've been to tell their employer that they're pregnant. And I think this stems from the fact that people's reactions are so inconsistent Mm -hmm. and it's very hard for you to know what kind of reaction you might get from your employer. Like some employers, don't get me wrong, could be amazing. And I think in Australia, and there are companies out there leading incredible examples in this area, but for a lot of people, they just don't know what they're going to get. And so they hide their pregnancies for as long as possible out of fear. And then uh, people have been messaging me saying I cried and I apologized when I told my boss, you know, like that's, it is not too much to ask that women in workplaces everywhere feel like when they tell their boss they're pregnant, it will be celebrated. Like that's really all I think we're asking for here is that it's celebrated, not shamed or mocked or we're doubted. Like we just want to feel safe in that moment and supported. That's really it. Before we go into reading out some of the amazing messages, can I ask, are you feeling scared to tell some of our investors? I know you haven't told a few yet. <laughs> Where are you at with that? So it it is so true in what I said that my mind did go to how will our investors think. Because, Male investors? Yeah. I mean, I don't want to just throw all the dudes in a bucket, you know, because that's not it. And I think the judgment and the inconsistencies can come from any direction. Mm-hmm. Like I've seen that in my DMs. I've seen people saying that it wasn't celebrated by their woman yeah. leader, you know? So I just think it's really inconsistent. I think we do have some investors that are mums. So I felt, okay, you know, they'll get this. Mm-hmm. And it is a very unique experience to the person who has to carry the baby. Like, we're the ones who have to come to terms with these fears and they are very real fears. Like you might not be in a safe environment for you to do this, but I think that's why we need to make change there to try and encourage people to really be thinking about this. But I didn't want to just go into having conversations with our investors without getting this story out there. Like I needed to get all my feelings down on a page and actually like put it out into the universe yeah the universe the internet (laughs) because if any of them are doubting me I want them to read that Mm. (laughs) before they speak to me you know like I want to try and shift people's perspectives on this Mm -hmm. and see it from how someone who's career focused actually comes to terms with this I mean I also would say like all of our investors are great Mm -hmm. and like they have chosen to invest in a women-founded brand. So I would think I'm in a much more privileged position in that regard than another founder, for example, who may have a company that isn't as mission-driven and isn't focused on women and women's needs. So that probably means that I'm already surrounded by a group of people that will be more understanding. But I wasn't really thinking of that in my in my moments of doubt. I was thinking about like it was my conditioning and that was immediate fear. But I do think I'm interested to see how the conversations go and like some have already reached out to me saying like how great the article was That's and that awesome. they, yeah, and a couple of the women as well that don't have kids saying so how much good. they resonated mm-hmm. with it. So that makes me feel good. Like what you just said, there was a woman who messaged you, we'll probably read it out, who said she's been in both environments, an environment where it was really celebrated that she was pregnant and an environment where she was made redundant because of her mat leave. Yeah, let me read this. So I never wanted kids. I only wanted a career and then I fell pregnant and it felt right, but I was beyond scared for my career. I remember apologising to my boss for being pregnant and downplaying every single symptom I had because they were constantly making jokes and remarks at my expense. In the end, I was made redundant during mat leave. Now I'm working in a leadership role with my baby at home and it feels incredible. The difference between a non-accepting company and their opposite is huge. 
all the women within the company are happier, better equipped to handle stressful times and are wanting to stay. It's mind-blowing how in 2023, the choice to have a child and to want that side of your life is still at a cost to your career in some companies. I think that sums it up really well and just the inconsistencies in how people are approaching this. But I also just think it really has been overwhelming how many people have reached out to me saying they have all the same fears. And so I I think that just shows that this really is a systemic societal issue. And even though Australia is one of probably like the best countries in the world, I mean, Sweden's probably the best, mm. but Australia would be up Close there. Second. Yeah. In terms of looking out for your employees' rights, government paid parental leave. I actually thought it was the norm because mm. probably because I've worked in these big banks where like, of course, they're going to have their own parental leave policies. But I can't believe how many people have been hitting me up to say my company actually doesn't have their own parental leave policy. We are a venture-backed company with like limited money, limited time, and I can't really imagine not supporting your employees in that way. I would love to ask what are some of the, how do you want to approach this at Sunroom, like for future women who might want to have babies or what are some of the things that you want to put into action and show that this is how we should approach this and, and other companies listening might be wanting some sort of direction on how they can better support women who are in their company? I honestly think the first step is having conversations about this. Like I've never really been asked this question, you know, do you want to have kids and when do you see that happening for you? And I think that almost adds to the fear and the guilt around it. Like Mm. it's just this unspoken thing between maybe you and your colleagues or like your bosses or investors or whoever. And of course, not everyone wants to have children. So I think you also have to be mindful of that. In how Even asking that yeah, question. Yeah. yeah. Or someone could be going through mm. loss. But I think it starts with conversation, really open conversations about this, just to know that this can be something that's brought up. But also imagine if you had someone in your business that was going through multiple miscarriages, probably all under the table, because you're then not even meant to speak about this kind of stuff so early and they would be experiencing all of the sickness and shit that I'm experiencing right now with this huge amount of grief at the at the end of it. Mm. But I think it's I think it's about recognizing that like no matter what someone's decision is, I think this is still something that all of us think about. And so I think it's about creating environments that are aware of that and just kind of saying no matter what direction this is going for you, like we're here, here to support and here's some examples of people who've done this, this and this. Mm. I think that is the best first step. And like if I had a bigger company right now, I would literally do a survey. Like I want to do a survey on my Instagram right now and ask people, would you feel scared to tell your employer that you're pregnant. Like, Mm. because that's what I'm hearing in my DMs and that's a cultural problem within an organisation if people are feeling scared to bring this Mm. up or people have been bringing up guilt around taking themselves off contraception even to try because they feel so scared about what will happen next. So I think it's conversations because I also don't think there's like a one-size-fits-all approach to how you deal with not deal with, that's the wrong term, how you support people through this time. And I was actually, I just had a meeting with someone who was saying the way parental leave works is, you know, you take it all at the start. But she was like, I would have loved to have been able to break that up. Like the newborn born phase was a bit there for me. (laughs) Yeah. And I thought I'd probably be happier going back to work. But then at six months, I would have loved Mm. to have spent a few more weeks with my child. So I think it's also being aware that every person will want to approach this differently. I had someone in my DM saying that their husband had a better parental leave policy Mm. than they did. So like, I think flexibility is a huge one, but I really think having the conversations is the first step. And I really think it helps women tremendously to see examples Mm. of people doing both within an organisation and watching how they navigate it and learning from them and picking up different strategies or different ways to be flexible. Totally. So I think for Sunroom it's like 
I just see it right now as a really good example, as a really good opportunity for me to set an example of this will be celebrated here. And I've, again, have no idea what I'm in for. Like, <laughs> I would hope everyone expects there to be a baby around. That's, that's not an invitation for people to <laughs> tell you what you're in for. <laughs> Let's yeah. keep those uh, to a minimum. <laughs> yeah. But I think like around setting the example, how you were saying that this being involved in this process for me has like opened your eyes totally. to things like you told me you weren't even going to date because you were worried it could impact your career. hundred percent. I've been proactively avoiding dating for the last maybe three, four years. So for me, I knew that I wanted to move overseas. That was part of my career plan. I want to experience living in another country, working overseas. Obviously now that's happened, which is great, but I was Manifest. genuinely, yay, <laughs> manifested. Um, I was genuinely worried if I met someone that I fell in love with in Australia. Of course I want kids. I want to be a mom. I'm naturally a very maternal caring person. I could just see myself giving that up to stay in Australia and settle down mm. with someone who I loved. And I was just so scared that that would happen and jeopardize what I had worked for. So I was like, as a blanket rule, I'm not going to date anyone who I could fall in love with. I'm just going to have fun because I don't want that to get in the way. And then watching you go through this process, I'm like, maybe it can be done. Maybe I can be with a partner who will support my career goals and me wanting to be this like big career person and maybe we could still have a family and I could still do that whereas mm. up until now I shared the same beliefs as you it's career or baby that's yeah. just the way that we are kind of conditioned to believe yeah it's so interesting a couple of things you said even just that notion of like settle down mm. you know What's like that wording where, where does that, that come, from? come from yeah like where does that come from and what does that mean why do we think you settle down and you're done. Yeah. Life's off. Because no, you know what? Get why? the foot off the accelerator. We're done here. Let's wrap it up. Because people do say that that's what, like, I've heard people say, men, women, and older generations say, like, once you have a kid, it's all over. Do oh, everything you want to do. Do everything off. you want to do because once you have that baby, once they come, you're done. I know. What is that, I know. though? So I don't want to make assumptions about why the older generations no. perhaps Maybe there was less support for them. And less opportunity, I think, less yeah. career opportunity, resources. Yeah. This is it. Like we are in, this is why I feel it's so important to talk about this because women are more educated than ever right now. Like what were the stats we pulled up there? Women are graduating from university at a higher rate than men. They are ambitious. More women graduate universities in Australia than men yeah. at the moment. That yeah. means more women should be, yeah, they should be getting the jobs and entering yes. the workforce. This conversation is something that is only going to need to be, like this is something people have to be working on because you're going to have more and more people in your businesses deciding if, when, mm. how, if it's okay, if it's going to, how it may affect them, what examples they've seen above them, mm. how their leaders approach these kinds of conversations. And this is like a very natural thing that a lot of people do want to experience mm -hmm. and they shouldn't feel like it's one or the other. Or Speaking of, you just mentioned before, uh, we don't see a lot of women being celebrated for doing both and we think things that we believe, we've heard it and seen it. I would love to just share someone I know who it's not a corporate environment, but they are a professional dancer and they had worked 10 years to get to that point to be in a performing, a professional performing troupe and travel the world and they fell pregnant and they actually had people say to them, you will never come back from this. You have ruined your career by choosing to have this pregnancy. Your body will never recover. You will never dance professionally again. Mm. Five years down the track, she's dancing better than she's ever danced before. She's traveling all around the world. She's a single mom. We need to see more examples where people are pushing back against this rhetoric and yeah. these belief systems and showing it can be done. If you want something really badly, she loves dancing, she's never going to give that up. You can do both yeah. and you can still be an incredible mother. It just takes having the conversations. Obviously having a great support system helps, but it can be done and we don't see it enough and we yeah. don't hear it enough. I've definitely been thinking about athletes throughout mm. this and how I think that would be even more maybe stigmatised in this kind of conversation. Because it is your body. Your body yeah. is your vessel for work. Yeah. But I've also seen other people like make complete 
comebacks and actually be way stronger I've heard because women's pain thresholds go up like the way that they train and perform (laughs) can actually really change do you want to read some more um, of the messages that have come in yeah I wouldn't usually respond to a to a stranger's story but after seeing all of this I felt it deep to my core and your feelings and emotions when you found out I was slash am in the same boat and wow, it was so overwhelming and a roller coaster. and some people you're happy to tell and then others, like my boss, where I broke down and then apologised. I keep telling myself it's the best thing that will happen to us and we're so lucky to have each other. Girl, I'm pregnant. I found out two weeks ago while on holiday in the US. I still haven't got back to Australia to share even with my family, but thank you for sharing your story. I had the exact same reaction due to it being a complete surprise and have been feeling really bad about it compared to my partner, who was so excited. Literally in Nashville, everyone was dancing and having fun and I was just sitting there bawling my eyes out. I was planning on getting a promotion at the end of the year, saving lots and then having a kid in the next year. I've had to come to terms with plans changing. I work in marketing slash brand management and I feel the competitiveness sometimes that I needed to get to a certain point before essentially giving up on my life. But that shouldn't be the case for us women. Why do we think like this? Oh, I love this one because it just shows an example of someone doing it. I'm VP of of Global Business Supply at Home Depot, Lowe's. I travel to the US four times a year for two to three weeks at a time, work full-time with a three-year-old and a husband. You can totally have it all. I love that. I'm clapping. Silent claps. Yeah. And I think this is interesting. Like, I don't want people shaking their heads like you can't have it all. But I think in the context of this, these people are just saying you can have career and a baby. Mm-hmm. Some things will obviously have to give. I am hoping for me the things that give are I won't procrastinate anymore. I won't be sloth girl <laughs> in my bed for fucking three days binging eight different TV <laughs> shows, you know? Like I won't get through an entire season of Love Island in a single weekend. Mm-hmm. That's the stuff that I'll give up and that's a bit sad because I love my sloth moments you know (laughs) so just be shorter yeah so I think it's that for me like I can definitely see these pockets of time in my life where I'm not productive where I do procrastinate where I I dawdle and I'm actually really excited to see what happens to that knowing that I've got this little thing that I'll be obsessed with (laughs) and probably just want to hold 24 7 but then knowing I've got my to-do list for the day and I still need to get shit done. Like I think I will use my time in a more effective way because I will be forced to. And I think I'm already very chaotic. I think this might be something founders have Mm. or anyone entrepreneurial or in a leadership space, maybe just in a similar environment to, to us. I have heard people saying this and I'm really hoping I can come back to you and say it's true, but if you work in a startup, your day is never in control. Mm. Like I was speaking to my mum and she was, who's a nurse, and her style of working is hardcore concentration. Methodical. Someone's life is depending on the actions Mm. that she is taking and nothing can really distract her. But in a startup environment, our whole day is distraction. Like it's out of control from the moment that you start. You context switch Mm. 24-7. You are pulled off your work. I jump from eight different things Mm. all the time and some of my friends have, have said that like that's what they struggled with and I'm like that actually sounds like how what my entire day is already like. And I, I have heard from other founders that like you're already used to working in quite a chaotic way and so I'm interested to see if that actually becomes true once I have this baby because we're just so used to pivoting context switching being distracted putting out fires it's always chaos which brings us back to this being called try babies we have to celebrate even if you aren't more productive and if you aren't you don't procrastinate less we have to celebrate (laughs) that you're trying like you're actually giving this thing a crack yeah you're doing it like that's worth celebrating, I think. And you don't have to set crazy goals for yourself for this to be worthwhile. That's totally it. Like it's really just giving it a crack. You're doing it. Just gonna I'm just gonna give it a give it a try. <laughs>
before we wrap up, I want to ask you just a couple of questions. Um, what sort of like example do you want to set for your little baby? What do you want to show them? Oh, have you thought about it? Mm, yeah. I don't know if this is a strange thing to say and maybe this goes away once you have a child, but I think the only thing I would ever want for my kid in life is for them to to find something that they're passionate about. Mm. I think that would feel really rewarding for them and you as a parent if they have have something they just love. I love that. Thanks yeah. for sharing. That's Great. It. I think we did it. Woohoo. Anything else you want to say? I do want to say thank you so much to everyone who has reached out to me. As I mentioned earlier in the episode, I genuinely appreciate it more than I can say and it means so much to me and I've felt like I have this army of women like backing me up through this and I don't feel like I have to, I think I also need to make a point in saying like I don't want to glamorise this, like I don't want this to be like a hustle culture debate mm. where I feel like I have to work so hard. I I really want to show the realities of this and how I'm going and how I'm and how I'm doing it and I feel like no matter what direction that takes and what that ends up looking like for me I feel really supported by my communities online and in the real world so thank you perfect great thanks for listening to try babies thanks bye Thank you so much for joining us on this week's episode. A quick ask if you enjoyed listening, it would mean the world if you could jump on Spotify or Apple and review the podcast. Five stars only, please. We need to build that army so we can read what you loved and what you want to hear more of. We're so grateful to have such an incredible community of empowered, motivated and confident women supporting each other here to go after their dreams. That's what we've needed most throughout our journey. You can subscribe so you don't miss our episodes or head over to our Try Babies podcast Facebook group and Try Babies Insta where we can connect with you more and ask us questions that you want answered in the show. See you on the next episode of Try Babies.